Entrepreneur Podcast. Man, it's been a great week. Um, I am, it's Saturday here in Washington, D.C. Beautiful, chilly weather for what is, I guess, rather, shouldn't be, shouldn't be this cold this late in the year. So it's a little strange, but, you know, that's how D.C. is typically. It's, you know, hit or miss all the time, except for summer when those hot ass summers come around, which should be happening any day now, I guess. So we don't look back after that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, first, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms who listen to the podcast. Uh, and a special shout out to my mother, my sister, um, and all my aunts and, and cousins. Um, you guys all know who you guys are. Uh, so, so a very, very special happy Mother's Day. Secondly, um, I also want to say thank you to Ryan, Claren, man, such a big part of the show. Um, and, and I think he will be uh, a very critical part of the show moving forward. Uh, I'm currently writing out some details around his involvement. Uh, but for the time being, I definitely see um, him being like our resident audiophile, right? Our resident equipment expert, maybe. Um, or even our resident just like talk shit. Guy, right uh he's a really knowledgeable guy um i did not know he was a music teacher in chicago that's pretty cool um and yeah like really really awesome guy to talk to so uh if you're afraid to uh pop any questions into any of the audio file forms i i know that it's not a laughing matter honestly they can be a little brutal so if you don't want to you know visit those forums on reddit or any of the internet forums feel free to submit your questions here and i will pass them along to ryan claren if i can't answer or give any insight into um and we can do things like that for a little while too so again it was really great to have ryan on the show and the outpour and support that i've seen in the past week for the show um i, I just think it, it's been incredible honestly it's been an amazing week for the podcast let me just say that and um, it, the episode broke records, uh, listening records. It's still currently climbing the charts. Um, and and I, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm just like super smiley about it. It's it's a really, really big deal, um, even though it's still small, small fries in terms of like, you know, overall, right? Overall listenership, overall, you know, a music commentary podcast. But that episode did a, a, a huge number for the entire project so again very very big thank you to ryan claren of analog planet if you're new to to the record spinner podcast which i think uh, last episode brought a lot of new people to the record spinner podcast uh, i do want to just say welcome um i don't ask much of my listeners of those who uh, listen to the podcast but what i do ask is that you like you rate, you subscribe, and you share with anybody in your community who you know likes music, likes black music, likes likes vinyl, likes uh, anything around any physical format of music, um, and really, really digs the music uh, in a way that, I mean, maybe they'll dig the podcast and dig what I'm talking about and what I share, the information I share. So that's really all I ask. I don't really ask anything else. I, I like engagement. Engagement has gone up over the past few weeks. 
um, the Record Spinner podcast does have a Facebook page that you can go to and you can like and get all the new updates. Of course, I don't update much, so it'll be <laughs> it'll be essentially like a, like an extension of my IG, um, an extension an extension of my um, social media where I just essentially put out um, the the materials that I that I talk about here on the podcast. So I do love questions. You can email me at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, I mentioned the Facebook page. That's the record spinner podcast. You can find that on Facebook, of course, on IG and on Twitter. I have a personal handle. You can kind of you can follow and kind of get an insight into my day to day life, um, mostly around vinyl. Uh, but also, you know, there's pictures of my nephew. There's pictures of the family. There's pictures of my friends. And of course, my girlfriend, my lovely girlfriend. And uh, you can do that. You can follow me on IG and Twitter at Rebirth of the Cool. We're going to hop into this episode of the Record Spinner podcast where we're going to be highlighting another unsung, another unsung, underrated, underappreciated um, Afro-American jazz musician, um, Cal or Calvin Massey. Um, I don't I don't know if you guys remember that one episode where I highlighted the Raja by Lee Morgan. I talked about one of my favorite songs on that um, vinyl recommendation of the week, The Raja. Um, one of my favorite songs was uh, The Pilgrim's Funny Farm, and that song was composed by Calvin Massey. And it sent me down a rabbit hole of looking for information on Calvin Massey and why we don't have more records or recordings by calvin massey all we have are these amazing compositions done by other amazing musicians to the tune of archie shep and uh and john coltrane and freddie hubbard and cedar walton all these guys made music that was composed by calvin massey and uh and, and it's, it's crazy to me that we have never heard of calvin massey or at least i haven't heard of calvin massey so that rabbit hole sent me uh, down the internet for uh, all types of research, and I came up with very little. But what I came up with, uh, I kind of wanted to highlight on this show, um, just to explain a little bit further into detail how black liberation and black art were once tied together. And it meant the world, or it meant a lot to the black world, that these two avenues were so close so hopping right into it, we're going to get right into the vinyl recommendation of the week. I have two to keep in the spirit of what Ryan Claren did last week. I thought it was freaking awesome. He hit us with three heaters to go listen to. I, I've grabbed already two of those amazing records that he recommended. Uh, Black Unity Trio is an amazing record. I highly recommend that record. Um, and there were a few others that he uh, recommended as well. Go back to that episode to check that out. Um, and yeah, this week's vinyl recommendation of the week, the two records that I have to highlight. One is Fred Ho and the Afro-Asian Music Ensemble. This is their debut 1985 record. Tomorrow is now. very revolutionary title fred ho Whew. 
Fred Ho was a, a beast in his day. He passed away in 2014, uh, but he left a real mark on black music. And he did so in a very unique way from a, the perspective of an Asian American himself. Uh, he supported and championed black liberation through the art form of music. Uh, he, was, he challenged capitalist models in the art form. Um, but his biggest accomplishment to me is what we're going to be talking about here today on the podcast. And it was keeping the legacy of one of the one, one of these musicians that he loved, um, keeping the legacy uh, of this musician alive. And uh, that is Cal Massey. The Cal Massey record I want to talk about today is Blues for Coltrane. This was recorded in 1961 and released in 1987. Uh, in 2019, Pure Pleasure. Shoutouts to Pure Pleasure. I talk about you guys all the time. You guys should uh, hire me as like a like a somewhat of a, a sponsor-ish type of thing. Maybe like a director of uh, communications or some shit like that. I don't know. But uh, I talk about you guys all the time. Um, Pure Pleasure did an amazing job with the reissue of Blues for Coltrane. Um, it's quite a fascinating body of work. I encourage you to go check it out. Uh, again, it was recorded in 1961, so it has that bop and cool jazz feel to it. Um, however, you do see elements of free jazz in it at, at times. You see elements of spiritual stuff in spiritual stuff in it at times as well. Um, and it's just an all-around amazing body of work. My favorite tracks off of uh, off of Blues for Coltrane is the title track, Blues for Coltrane, uh, which is the first track on the first side. And of course, What's Wrong is really amazing. All of these songs were composed by Cal Massey. Now, if you know anything about the music industry, especially jazz, you know that that's quite a feat, right? Because typically most jazz records have, you know, compositions that aren't necessarily done by the artists they're done by you know some other artists they're jazz standards or you know they they're renditions of popular music songs right there you know i'm thinking about right now miles davis's rendition of um what is that um time after time yeah <laughs> thinking about miles davis's time after time rendition um, that was later in his uh, in his career, of course. But uh, it's one of those songs that I heard before I even liked Miles Davis. Fun fact. Um, as a kid, I heard that rendition. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. So Cal Massey's Blues for Coltrane, you will enjoy it. Uh, but it essentially, going back to my, my earlier point with Cal Massey, Calvin Massey. Getting this record was the beginning of the research because it, it's filled with information on the liner notes about his life. Where do I want to start with talking about Calvin Massey? I want to start with talking about essentially the, the topic of, of, of the show, and that's how a lot of black musicians of yesterday stood with these radical groups and how the racist music industry attempted to punish them for standing with these groups. Now, we all know about Artists like The Last Poets and Gil Scott Heron, 
But did you know that John Coltrane was a fan of the Nation of Islam and considered himself a fan of Malcolm X? Did you? I didn't know that for a long time. I, I, I think I learned that like as I was getting in, into collecting. Um, but before that, I didn't I didn't know that. Oh, the only thing I knew about John Coltrane was that uh, white people loved this guy for some reason. And I, I remember seeing images of him in that Navy suit, that infamous picture of his of his Navy, um, of his time in the Navy. Um, and so I, I knew that he was, you know, a vet. And, um, and and white people love highlighting that, too, of course, because, you know, they love veterans. <laughs> we love veterans, too, black people. But but we love John Coltrane, not due to not for his service to this country, but his service to his people through the medium of music. And, uh, and he is a top of a lot of amazing musicians when it comes to uh, creating or when it came to creating a, a unique sound and a, a unique experience for those who, who listen to John Coltrane. This isn't about John Coltrane, though. This is about Calvin Massey and how his involvement with um, a lot of civil rights groups and more radical groups even um kind of shaped his career and i'm speculating here on thinking about how um, his relationship to the black panther party kind of uh, blackballed him in a way in his career so we don't hear a lot from calvin massey we don't have a lot of recordings from him and mainly due to his affiliations in my opinion so we'll talk about that a little bit more after a quick water break So like I said at the top, Calvin Massey's story is a rather sad one. Um, like so many black artists um, who don't get their credit while they're alive, um, but through a lot of uh, researching and, and, and digging, people find this stuff and kind of, uh, and kind of recreate or, or recontextualize the image 
of our black artist. And I want to just put this in perspective before Cal Massey becomes like a, a thing, right? Because I, I do feel like there is a resurgence um, to look for um, a lot of his music and recordings because we don't have a lot of them out right now. Uh, but we do have a lot of music that we all love um, that was composed by him. And that's a weird thing to me um, that, I mean, it's normal. It happens. Um, but still, it's it's very it's very strange when we have such an amazing composer that doesn't really get a lot of shine, like <laughs> that we don't know a lot about, you know, and in searching the webs, you don't find a lot of information about him. Um, there is a really interesting article that kind of highlights his life a little bit um, and talks about how he was raised, how he met John Coltrane, him and John Coltrane were friends. Um, how he meets a lot of other musicians, him and Archie Shep were, were friends as well, um, and also details how he got involved with uh, the Black Panther Party. Now, for those who don't know, the Black Panther Party, um, I, I really can't, I, I can I can summarize what they were and who they were, right? I can say that they were a black group who, um, who supported and believed in the liberation of black people uh, economically and physically um and and they, be, they believed that um in a very radical way they believed in the, the, their second amendment rights and and they trained and educated people on their second amendment rights they organized and uh and had programs like the free breakfast program um and also uh did other things for their communities and they popped up in places like Oakland and in Chicago. And they had a chapter here in D.C., of course. They had a chapter in New York. Um, they had chapters literally all over the place, all over the world at one point. And it it didn't take away from the stain that came with their name, though, right? Uh, they were a very controversial group, even in their day. Um, now we kind of think of them as more of a, a very... Um, I think a very respectable radical group, right? We, we think about, we, we can, looking backward allows us to be able to kind of compartmentalize, <clears throat> compartmentalize a little bit better and allows us to be able to see things a little clearer. Um, and, and I think with the Black Panther Party, I think it's, it's one of those obvious cases where soon after, you know, all the polarization white people start to understand that they didn't really hate white people. They just hated oppression, right? Um, and so it's one of those age-old things that once white people kind of get over their fear of, you know, their annihilation or, or their replacement of being the dominant society, they then, of course, allow us black folk to celebrate these groups and these people, which is a sad thing, and we got to get out of that. We got to get out of the habit of that. I'm seeing that now with the Nation of Islam. A lot of celebrities and artists are afraid to associate with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I don't think that that's cool because they're only afraid to associate with him due to the fact that white people have tagged him as an anti-Semite. And I think it's it's it does black people no good when you allow white people to determine who you look at as representation, as leaders, as people who are listened to in your community. They don't know. They they don't understand. 
So how can they tell you, oh, don't listen to this guy. He's an anti-Semite. He hates white people. He hates this. No, listen to the minister yourself. So, and I'm not a follower. I'm not a follower of the nation. I'm a huge, huge fan, though, of the nation. And um, and I know that they have a lot of controversy behind them. Um, but from a black liberationist standpoint, I can't help but to support a group that does such amazing work in communities, communities that I see. I have a few friends who are in the nation here in D.C. And um, man, they, they do a lot of great work here in D.C. still to this day. So um, I can't I got to take my hats off to them. Right. But anyway, so starting with the Calvin Massey research after I found um, that he composed uh, the a Pilgrim's Funny Farm by Lee Morgan and on the Raja. I looked, at it, I looked to the internet and I wasn't able to find much, but this article, this article was a little detailed. It kind of highlighted the four major points of his life, his, his early childhood, his early career, um, his mid career, and of course his untimely death. He died at the age of 44. And, uh, as a 32 year old person myself, I can only imagine like that's now I understand how young 44 actually really is. Right. Um, so it's not old at all. That's not a full life lived. Um, and you know, he died rather broke and, and he died rather broke because of a few different things. The article highlights that he had an incident or an altercation in an elevator with a, a blue note executive back in the day. And, um, the altercation, uh, ends with, uh, Massey kicking the executive. I don't know how true how untrue the details of that fact right but you know if that happened i can obviously see how that can get you blackballed he was always affiliated though with the civil rights movement as a lot of jazz musicians were jazz is one of those genres that really um, holds the hand of the black people in its moment um and much like rap was in the early days of hip-hop um but it's kind of gotten away from that, but you know, that's another show, right? So in this day, uh, you know, he's close with the civil rights leaders and civil rights, not civil rights leaders, but civil rights movement. And, you know, he, he's also friends with train. Something big happens though. Martin Luther King dies. So when Martin Luther King dies, essentially what happens is a shift where, um, he, according to the article becomes a little bit more radical in the late 60s so like 69 probably it doesn't give a date for the pan-african uh, festival in um algeria but in algeria um eldridge cleaver who was the former minister of information for the black panther party he was there um as a, a political not a political refugee but he was there essentially in exile um and what happens is he meets Cal Massey and he essentially commissions Cal Massey to write uh, a piece for all of the black leaders of their day, um, including some of those from the Black Panther Party. So the piece is supposed to be called um, the Black Liberation Suite, and it's supposed to be an homage to, um, again, all of the black leaders, including uh Dr. Martin Luther King, um, Malcolm X, and uh, Huey Newton, and of course, John Coltrane, which is considered a leader in the black community due to his uh, influence in music. 
So he gets back to the States and he uh, finishes this piece. Um, but this is where Fred Ho comes back into play because Fred Ho has the only cop, only rendition of this suite um, available right now anywhere that I can find on a CD, uh, which I will be buying. But like he essentially is upholding the legacy of Cal Massey's um, Black Liberation Suite um, by continuing the legacy and recreating the, the music behind this. Of course, when he returns, he's starting. He starts to do some benefits, benefit concerts for the Black Panther Party. Um, and honestly, based on another article that I found about his life, this is essentially how he makes the little bit of money that he does make to support himself is by doing uh, shows. And he even is even told that he does shows in front of his house um, or in his yard or in his uh, in his home. Um, with his son, who is a musician too, uh, Zane Massey. Uh, shout outs to Zane Massey. Um, if you're out there listening, I would love to talk to you more about um, your father's legacy um, so that you can maybe provide some more details to us, right? Um, but yeah, his, shortly after that, his health starts to deteriorate after he gets back, but he's still doing these benefits for the Black Panther Party. And this is essentially the way he's making his living, making his money. Um, that, and of course, compositions, right? Uh, and he dies shortly after. Um, I think he dies in 72, I believe. It's one of those tragedies in music, much akin to um, Master Well, who we talked about in like three or four episodes here on the Record Spinner podcast. And b- best believe that we'll continue to, uh, to talk more about Cal Massey as I continue to find more information about Cal Massey. His relationship with Archie Shep, um, his relationship with John Coltrane, all need further examination, of course, and uh, are very interesting to know about because how can you, you know, be friends with such an amazing um, and powerful and large musician uh, like John Coltrane and even Archie Shep, right? Um, And not have your name ring out a little bit more. It does make me feel a little weird about this situation and how, you know, there has to be some type of there there has to be some reason that we don't know this. And Fred Ho says he was whiteballed, essentially. Um, and Fred Ho did a lot of writing about him um, and a lot of um, talking about Cal Massey. And I want to know more. I want to know more. So if you know more about the brother Cal Massey the ancestor now, Kyle Massey. Or if you, you know, you know more about Zane Massey, Zane Massey, Zane Massey, um, and you, you know, want to put us in contact or whatever, I would love to talk more about this subject. This is something that I've talked about in numbers of episodes of how the black music of the day in the 60s and in the the 60s and in the 70s really did its job as far as supporting the movement and the the moment that black people were in we would never get that back but it's important to take the lessons that we learned from that moment in time to further the struggle for our liberation cal massey much like master well much like any other musician i've named who isn't a household name at this point in the jazz community or in the music community we need to examine why they weren't that big why a man that had compositions 
on everyone's desk, on everyone's plate. Everyone had a record with a Cal Massey composition on it, essentially. The who's who. I just named a few. Archie and Lee Morgan and Freddie Hubbard, Cedar Walton. These are big names in the jazz community. Why isn't Cal Massey up there? Let's talk about it. But that is my time, though. Um, we are right at 30, actually. And I do want to say that um, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys another week. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, please do reach out to me at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com. Um, for those who have any uh, want to be on the show to discuss whatever we discuss here on the podcast, mostly black music, but we also dabble in the vinyl, getting technical heavy stuff as well. Um, reach out to me at that email as well. And uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Take care.